going mad. I can see them too. Hi, and welcome to the Three Broom Chicks. I'm Jenny. I'm Marianne. And I'm Elizabeth. And today we're going to be talking about Luna Lovegood, and I'm so Luna. excited. Yay! Our Looney Luna. Yeah. Oh, She's a Ravenclaw, and I'm very happy. Yay! The best of Ravenclaw House. I dare say it now. We'll get there. But first, you know who is going to get here? Who? Hydrangea. <gasps> oh, my God. Did you get it? She said who? As in like, who? I know. <laughs> like an owl. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So who's our first question? Our first question is from The Magical Art. And they asked, how does Luna know so much about Hogwarts secrets? For example, the lost diadem. Diadem. Oh my Jesus. Get it together for the Ravenclaw episode. Come on. I can't pronounce. I pronounce things the way I originally read them. Gryffindors. Anyways, I think she knows so much Mm -hmm. because she probably, and this is very sad, she probably has a lot of time. Like, she doesn't really have friends until her fourth year. Also, she's really smart. Like, I feel like someone could just tell her something once and she remembers it. So... 100, yes. Percent. Like her grades. 100%. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm down with the kids. We just say 100 now. Uh Anyways, next question. All right. The next question is from It's Christy Time. And it's not really it's not really a question, but it's more like a statement. It's a statement. It's a a fan statement. Uh And she's saying... (laughs) Luna is my spirit animal, and this episode is going to be awesome. Def not a question. Oh, yeah. That's Jenny. Yeah. You're no. <laughs> that was me. I wrote that. I wrote def not a question, but <laughs> we're going to put a pin in it. Thank you. <laughs> it took a minute, but you got it. Thank you so you much. You made it over here all the way to <laughs> We're definitely Florida. putting a pin in it. Yes. Oh, my. Okay. Oh so my next question. Thank you for the statement. The next question is from our patron, Andrin. Hey. And he asks, do you think Luna would be the most popular kid in today's schools? Nope, I don't. I yeah. think that, like, you know, individuals and, like, quote-unquote nerds have had, like, you know, a rep boost, but I think people would still bully her. I agree. I will say, like, I... I don't know about you, Marianne, like you were, you're also in schools, but I'm in schools right now. And unfortunately, like the weird or the odd kid is still like bullied. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's definitely like things, at least in, on a theater kid side, things like Glee and High School Musical and High School Musical, the musical, the series, you know, stuff like that, like that's mainstream definitely helps mm-hmm. the less cool kid, but it doesn't completely help all of them um i think it also just depends on the personality of the kid um some kids know how to acclimate in different like cliques and social circles and some kids don't yeah um and if they don't it's because like middle school and high school kids can be so mean and i can say that because i'm a high school teacher and i went through high school I'm a expert, right? Um, it, it, kids can be mean They're sometimes. Mean. Yeah, they are. So I don't, like even the most individual kid has 
as strong as they can be, you know, they're gonna be ridiculed in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think like what he was going for is like you know, like nerd culture is like definitely like a bigger thing now than it was back when yes, like we were kids. Absolutely. But the thing is, I don't think Luna fits the mold of nerd culture. Because she's still yes. really quirky. And I feel like the fact that she's quirky and says random things that doesn't make sense yeah, can still, like, cast her aside, unfortunately. Like, she's not a Hermione kind of Oh, we'll get like, there. Hermione we'll get there. It's happening. Yes. It's different. Is it's- that pin number two? Um, Wow, already? Yeah, I guess. Uh, it's yeah, like- it's pin number two. Go ahead. Yeah. Sure. Pin uh, but I didn't write it in my notes, so I hope I remember it. I mean, it's, it's like a whole section, yeah, but we'll there. get there. there. Okay, next question. Yeah. The next question is from Jojo Bean. Oh, hi. And uh, her question is, what makes Luna flawed, but also what makes her great? Okay. So I think what makes her flawed is mm. also what makes her great. I think like, you know, like her oh. having her head in the clouds and kind of being super unique and quirky and cool like that i think that's what makes her great and it makes her stand out and i love it because she is herself and she doesn't care but also sometimes like her heads are too far high in the clouds and it would be nicer if she thought like a little bit more logically or you know she was a little bit more realistic yeah. Like, I think a good example yeah. is actually her dad, yeah. like how her dad is when Hermione's at his house and he, she's like, that's not like a crumple horn, snore cat corn. That's an rumpet horn and it's going to blow up and then we're going to be in trouble. And then he's like, nah, son, magical creatures exist. You probably should have listened to Hermione. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for real. Okay. All right. So, I, I mean, I agree. Do you have anything extra to add? Um... I think what makes her great is uh, her ability to accept anyone and everything and her empathy. Oh, yeah. Just being like an empath myself. I can like that's what stood out to me the most out of her character is how she could understand other people when they couldn't necessarily understand themselves. And I think that's my favorite part of her relationship with harry and i guess i can get into that later more but yes her empathy okay so jojo bean also submitted another outpost and it's again wow another fan comment and she (laughs) said she is the newt of ravenclaw okay and the final outpost is from Alyssa leon and her question is, what are some of your favorite things about Luna? I'm about to tell you six pages worth of my favorite thing about <laughs> Luna because yeah, I wrote a whole episode on episode. it. Yeah. So basically, much. I'm going to be answering your question mine. all night long. <laughs> all night long. All night. 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 Okay. You're so welcome. I'm sure that came through horribly because our sound is super off. <laughs> but in my headphones, we were very on time and singing together. Beautiful. Awesome. Just mute me. <laughs> that leads us to our next point. Oh. What? Patreon. Wow. wow. Everyone, <laughs> you need to 
become a patron and support our podcast. Do you like the material that we put out there for you at least twice a month? Sometimes more, sometimes less. Sometimes late, sometimes on time. Always late, never on time. Do you want to help us become more tech savvy and actually make a good podcast? Please subscribe to Patreon. Our lowest subscription is only $2. You get to see our episode notes. You get to enjoy everything about our episodes a little bit early. So go and subscribe to Patreon. We love you. And shout out, huge, huge shout out to our newest patron, Josephine Garza. Josephine Garza. AKA, if you've been listening us to a while, we refer to her as Jojo Bean. Jojo Bean. So thank you so much for becoming a patron. We love you. Thank you for that soundboard. That was beautiful. You're that welcome. Was great. That's you made up for the pin. You made up for the pin 100. <laughs> That's our new Patreon theme music. Our Patreon, uh, our special patrons get to take that and run with it. It's their music. It's for them. So you know who would definitely donate to our Patreon? Who? Ooh. Luna Lovegood. Absolutely. Welcome to the three broom chicks where we have great transitions. Yes. yes. So we're going to kind of handle this like we did the Neville episode. I'm going to give you a little background. We're going to cover some highlights and then we're going to say goodnight. Woo. So um, the first highlight, background story. Her house. Oh, yeah. Is freaking Ravenclaw, kids. There so was another word there, it. but only our Patreon users, our Patreon users, our patrons. Yeah, because Elizabeth won't bleed me. She it. won't do it. No. So I had to say frickle freckle instead of other words. I'm very excited about this, and I will tell you why in about two seconds. So we're gonna put a pin in it. Pin in it. I'm sorry. There's like Elizabeth yeah, there's like is no mad. suspense in this pin. We know you're just gonna like blather on and say how awesome she is. But anyways, we'll get there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Just blather. Yeah. You know what? I quit the podcast. <laughs> blather without me. Okay. So her wand is unknown to us, like the core and the length and the wood. So it makes me. So Super, super sad, but there is another point. Yeah, so that Elizabeth wants to tell you about. Um, basically, again, we know absolutely nothing about either one of Luna's wands. She had two during her time in the books. Um, but her second wand was actually created by Ollivander specifically for her, and she is only one of two wands. The other one is Peter Pettigrew, that is known to be specifically created for the witch or wizard. You know, normally wands choose the wizard, but Ollivander made these specifically for these people. I have a question. Noise! Why did Ollivander, that we know of, only make wands for Peter Pettigrew? Why did you say her name in his name? In a British accent. I don't know. I think I... Elizabeth is rubbing off on you. Yeah. I'm not there and I can't Ooh, help. Ew. I can't treat you. Ew. It's my Love Island UK binging. Oh, here we go. Again. Oh, my God. I was listening to that episode, by the way. What was it? A very Potter musical when you yes. brought that up. And I was actually laughing, stuck in traffic in my car on the way to work. He's my type on paper. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's the part that I was <laughs> Okay, let's focus. Do we, know, do we know why Ollivander... Did the thing? Uh, yeah. So, um, Ollivander mm. specifically made a wand for Peter. Gre- well, for Peter Pettigrew, it's kind of like hypothesized that he was like kind of forced to by Voldemort, like to do yeah. like something else. I'm and sorry, like, who? Hey, just make 
Lady V. Thank you. <laughs> and to just like make him this wand because Pettigrew didn't have one at this point. And he's like, whatever, dude, I'm going to make this wand or kill you. So, <laughs> you know, he made the wand for Pettigrew. But for Luna, he actually did it as like a thank you because Luna was captured at around the same time he was or like a little bit yeah. after. And she became like his best friend, his confidant in that time, like taking care of him, especially because his health was Aww. ailing at the time. So he did it as like a thank you because they had taken her wand away. That's and, very nice. Yeah, him. I just think it was a, it was a very sweet story. I don't like and that. that guy, was actually, nice. It is this second wand that allowed Luna to finally create a corporeal Patronus. <laughs> At the Battle of Hogwarts, and it is this one that also helped helped her. Hey, battle we're gonna talk about the Bellatrix. Interesting. During the battle, there is three hundred and forty-two total mentions of Luna Lovegood in the series, but that's still a lot, seeing as we meet her in Book Five. Which, before I go on my little mathematics rant that I did for y'all, because <laughs> Ravenclaw, I also want to let you know that during Harry's first year, you hear somebody's surname called during the sorting ceremony as Moon. That was supposed to be Lily Moon, who J.K. Rowling never incorporated into the story because that girl reminded her of a dreamy fake girl who then became Luna Lovegood. So there you go. Oh, interesting. Yes, but back to the 342 mentions. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's actually really comparable to Neville if you look at the averages of mentions per book. So Neville was mentioned, if you remember from our episode, 797 times, meaning that he was mentioned over 100 times per book on average. Closer to 200, but still below. Luna averages at about the same at over 100 times per book for books in which her character exists. So... That was so Ravenclaw. So Ravenclaw. Like, I literally zoned out for, like, two seconds because, like, the Gryffindor me was just, like, math. I'm just saying. I mean, I was never good at math. But that's, like, you know, in the law of averages, that's a lot. Like, we meet her in book five and she's mentioned over 100 times in book five, six, and seven, respectively. I didn't even think about the times a character, like, the amount of times a character is mentioned in a book. Like, that didn't even occur to me ever in life. No. It occurred to me. I'm just kidding. I found it on the window. <laughs> so, uh, the first mention of her, like I said, is in Order of the Phoenix. Oh. Uh, but the literal, like, verbatim quote is, she had straggly waist-length dirty blonde hair, very pale eyebrows, and protuberant eyes that gave her a permanently surprised look. Aww. What a so cute. Her final mention Ooh. is, Harry found himself sitting on a bench beside Luna. This is after the Battle of Hogwarts. I'd want some peace and quiet if it were me, she said. I'd love some, he replied. I'll distract them all, she said. Use your cloak. And before he had said a word, she cried, Ooh, look, a blibbering humdinger, and pointed out the window. And that's how Harry was, like, able to get away and, like, deal with his feelings. But we'll get there. Oh, my God. I know. She's such a good friend, I'd die. So, uh, the words that are most popularly used to describe Luna include, and this is kind of, like, in order of most used, from what I could tell on the sizes on the text boxes, but dreamy, vague, serene, happy, bright, interested, serious, unexpected, mildly surprised, and thoughtful. Yeah. Which is okay. I mean, pretty much Luna. So you know. Can I just say I'm actually surprised to see Sirius on there? Like I'm happily right? surprised. Yeah. And it's like it's like, you know, kind of mid level there. Like it's not at the bottom of the list either. Yeah. Wow. You know, no, I, I would have never like used that to describe her myself, but I like that it was used. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Um, and now for a fun fact, a personal fun fact, uh, my dog 
is a little Shih Tzu, and she's actually named after Luna. Her name is Luna Love Good, and um, honestly, (laughs) she is just as quirky and as quote unquote loony as Luna. I actually affectionately call her Loony Luna because, Mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately, my dog. (sighs) Uh, not all of her marbles are there. Not mm-hmm. in the same way as Luna. She's different like, way. She's like okay, like Luna Lovegood book is like the Ravenclaw, you know, smart but quirky, and like my dog, unfortunately, is like not smart, but still quirky and cute. Yeah. So yes. you know, it works out. <laughs> and like super anxious. I know. What she was she was literally outside our door because she just knew we were gonna record her episode today. She I really know. did. Hi. And my mic is named Luna. Yes, she hey. is. It's such a Luna type of day. It Woo. is. We love oh Luna. Oh my god, and it's a full moon today. Oh my god, <gasps> it is. We Oh my god, stand. wait. It's a full moon today, which is actually super freaking appropriate because oh. I wrote down a bunch of etymology that Marianne is about to drop on you and you're going to know in a second why this is appropriate. Now, let me get into it, y'all. All right. So, etymology, yes. right? For those of us, you know, catching onto the broom chicks for this episode and you don't know what etymology is, that is the study of names, what names meanings are. Yes. It's my one of my favorite things about JK Rowling's writing, right? It, listen, um, this is about to blow your mind. All right. So this is from the Wizarding World, but Luna's name does, of course, obviously, if you look at the word Luna, mean moon in Latin. And throughout history, the moon has been portrayed as causing people to go insane. We all really know that, right? So Luna was continually teased at Hogwarts for being eccentric, for being a bit of a free agent and for following the beat of her own drum. So much so that she was perceived as being not all there. Other students then nicknamed her Looney, and we would wager that this is connection that this connection isn't a coincidence. So super sidebar moment very quickly. <laughs> I literally die and I still have secondhand embarrassment from when Hermione's in the carriage in Order of the Phoenix. Oh my god. And she calls yes. Luna Looney Lovegood by accident when she's introducing her. Oh yes. my god. That's Looney. so cringy. Luna Lovegood. <laughs> Luna Lovegood. Okay. That was my sidebar. I remember You're that. Welcome. All right, so moving on. In Greek mythology, the moon goddess is named Selene, which also happens to be the name the to be the alchemical name for silver. For now, her hair. Yes. Silver was one of the seven base metals to an alchemist and often associated with the moon. Silver was believed to have feminine qualities and associated with purity. Aww. Silver is a real metal and is connected to the moon. It is one of the most versatile metals, metals, sorry, one of the three base metals in alchemy. It is associated with philosophical traits of intuition, self-reflection, and inner wisdom. It is a feminine metal, a symbol of purity, and is connected to the goddesses and spirits. Its energies include divination, healing, protection, emotion, love, wisdom, dreams, love, and wealth. It is symbolic of attributes such as vision, clarity, awareness, focus, persistence, and subtle strength. And if that doesn't scream Luna to you, I don't think you understand or know Luna. Love God. It's just so yeah. like to the T. Like so to the T. 
I, when I was reading the information, it was just blowing my mind like over and over and over again. Like not even just like screaming or Ravenclaw. It screams Luna because not all Ravenclaws really possess like even though you, this is something about Luna that not a, a lot of people just wrote off about her because she was just quirky and didn't seem not all there. But she does like she just is so intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, I feel like especially with the way like J.K. Rowling just talks about Luna, Mm -hmm. it's like it's almost like this character just came to her like as a person. Like this is just like someone who like came from the depths of her mind, fully developed like this is Luna Lovegood. Like, I don't know. I She literally talks about Luna like if it's like her friend off the street and she's never yes. mentioned that Luna is based off of like an actual person like she has with other characters, mm-hmm. but she just like, she talks about her. Like she like really she knows her. Like she really knows her. And granted she knows all the characters, but there's just something like, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. There's just something about the way that she mm-hmm. talks and refers to Luna when she's doing interviews. Yeah. That's very different from like how she does the rest of the characters. I, I think I agree. I mean, I think that's the whole reason how Avena Lynch ended up getting casted was because Avena was just such a huge fan of Luna. And then eventually JK Rowling met her and was like, this is it. Like, this is her. Like she just knew her like, the moment she met Avena, she was like, "You are, you are Luna." Like, Question: Is it Avena or Ivana? I don't know. I say Ivana. Ivana. I think it might be Ivana, but we all really know that I pronounce. Asian you have voice. problems. <laughs> it's okay. So it's okay. don't. I'm. I, I'm. My whole pronunciation is hashtag allegedly. <laughs> all right, moving on. So, um, one of the most important like Luna moments for me is. Honestly, like when we see her talking to Harry about the Thestrals, but yes. I just kind of wanted to give a little bit of context leading up into that moment. Harry now has like this huge crush on Cho Chang and we know it. Ugh. He's sitting in a train compartment <laughs> with Ginny, Neville, his plant and Luna uh, because Ron and Hermione are <laughs> Yes, I know. Ron and Hermione are off being prefects. Um, so he definitely notices that something is like off about Luna because Cho Chang like kind of sticks her head in the compartment and she's like, hey, Harry. And he's like, oh, my God, I love you. And then he's like, damn, I wish I like I was with cooler people when she saw me, which is horrible. But whatever. But that's what how but, I mean, he was young. He was young and we forgive him. But so we kind of like know from then that Luna is like kind of an oddball and she's a little bit weirder. So then, you know, Harry starts to see these big like winged horses and he's like, what is going on? Like, am I on drugs? Am I hallucinating? And she's just like, no, I see them too. And then she says, like, my favorite thing ever. And she's like, you're just as sane as I am. And I literally die every time she says it. But, I mean, it's kind of, it's a funny moment for me. But And it's just so, like, nice that she said that. And she was like, no, you're not crazy. Like, I see them too. But it's funny because Harry is like, you're literally insane. So what is wrong with me? Like, why can't I see these things too? And why can you see them? So it's kind of funny because she's trying to be so good, but it's really kind of making him uncomfortable. (laughs) But I feel like her kind of taking that nurturing little, like, I see them too, is just who Luna is as a person. She makes people feel super included, even though she probably doesn't feel that way herself most of the time. Well, you know what they, you know what they say about people, like those, the friendliest people are sometimes those people that have, yeah, Yeah. they are the loneliest and they know how it feels like to be 
lonely yeah so wow okay you guys are hitting me with like the profound feels today it's only gonna go from here like it's only gonna go from here i might cry listen you can literally eat like a good chocolate bar and cry so you're probably gonna get ready for it that is very true (laughs) i was eating a chocolate cookie and i was like this is so good okay i haven't eaten all day so anyways (laughs) so true anyways i'm sure that she can tell like when people are making fun of her when they think that she's being weird but it doesn't really stop her from being Mm. nice and people can never, totally never. learn this lesson from Luna in this day and age. Oh my god, especially um and this was like one of like the sad like like a sad like heartfelt moment always whenever like at the end of the year like everyone was started like taking her yeah, things. Oh she's god. just like Yeah, it's I'm so rude. It. Like it's so rude. Like, why are you taking her things? Like, first of all, that's hella mean. I, oh, the kids suck. And then second of all, like, she, Mm -hmm. like, it didn't affect her at all. She's just like, I'm just going to go find my things now. Bye. That was, like, totally cool of her, by the way. Like, not letting it get to her. I could learn from Luna for sure. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. If if I knew that I was, like, the brunt of everyone's joke and, like, people were stealing my crap, like, you know, I'd be depressed. You know, at first I didn't think people were stealing her crap. Like, I thought it was, like, Norgals. Oh, you, you I love you, Marianne. I, like, literally love you. I'm not even joking you. Like, I was just like, there's got to be some little magical creature taking her stuff. And it's, all, it's like, only her. And then eventually it was like, oh, no, this is bullying. Bullying. <laughs> That's a puff reference. You sound like Zab. I was about to say you sound like Snake. <laughs> okay. So. Um, no, I was Hannah Abbott from Puffs. Well, you sound like oh, Snake um, to me. Oh, I get it. I'm being bullied. <laughs> <laughs> So with everything that's going on, like in this day and age, I kind of just wanted to take a second because mental health is like a huge conversation right now and it should be. But I think that characters yep. like Luna Lovegood are so important for just that reason. So I think like her famous, you're just mm-hmm. as seen as I am quote is so, so influential. And it just reminds me that yeah. like, I'm not the only one who feels a certain way. Like I'm not the only one who's gone through something like people out there have similar experiences and you have people to talk to and you can like mm-hmm. open up and let things go and it's okay. So for me, like her whole character just embodies like a hope and a confidence and being different is not a bad thing. And I think that's so, so, so important, especially as we go on and we learn more things about mental health and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's like with me, like I'm open to having like a podcast about Harry Potter. Like people know that I do it, like my coworkers and other people in my life. I talk about it like I don't hide it. And I am 1000% sure that I have been talking to people about it before. And they've been like, who is this crazy lady? Like, why is she so obsessed? Like, you get those (laughs) stares from some people sometimes. But honestly, like with Luna, like what I learned from her is like, who cares? Like, I'm having fun. It's something I like to do. It's something that other people like when we do it. So hello, like, clearly, we're on to something. But it just kind of teaches us that Mm -hmm. it's okay to like, march to a different beat. And she's kind of like all about embracing yourself and your true identity and not giving a flip. So I love her. But yeah. I agree. I mean, it. I always like, I always thought about it when I was younger. I was like, why wasn't Luna ever introduced yeah. sooner? Like, I wish we had more Luna. And then I think about it now and I'm like, she had to, like, she, there was a reason why, I mean, plot aside, like, there it was just meant to be that she was supposed to come in the fifth book and it was because of harry's journey because harry wasn't ready to have luna in his life yet um luna came at the perfect time and gave him something that 
he needed that he wasn't going to get from anyone else. He wasn't going to be able to get someone to understand him seeing death in front of him, like truly from Hermione or from Ron or from anyone, like the only other person that could really relate to him in that sense. And that could help him heal. Yeah. Really, and we'll talk about Luna. that a little bit more, but Especially she definitely later. did that for him, yeah. but yeah, she is. I think she did. I think she did that, like you said, Jenny, for a lot of people. Like, I think, honestly, like, I didn't start thinking, like, my weirdness and, like, my love of Harry Potter was okay until I read Mm -hmm. Luna's character. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember, I vividly remember, like, always reading Harry Potter in secret or, like, you know, like, trying not to, like, have the cool kids in school, like, Mm -hmm. see me, like, pull out my Harry Potter book, like. I totally remember that happening and it was kind of around the same time that Order of the Phoenix was published and I was reading it. I vividly remember now just carrying around that giant Bible of a book <laughs> and not caring. And like it was from that day on that I became the Harry Potter girl in my school. Like no one else read Harry Potter but me. And guess what? It's benefiting me now. So <laughs> suck it, everyone in middle school. What's up, suckers? <laughs> Yeah, she is definitely like my so this is my favorite description like ever and it's my favorite compliment if I ever get it but she is unapologetically herself and she honestly really she's like an icon for individuals in my mind. Yeah, she is. Snaps for Luna. We're over the fangirling. (laughs) Snaps for Luna. The fangirling is done but not really. So um, this is like I don't know pin number four or three or two who knows but I think it leads back to like when Christy time sent us the fan comment and she was like, Luna is my spirit animal. And I kind of just wanted to run with that. So she really is a lot of people's spirit animals. I mean, she's great, but she is the representation that Ravenclaw deserves. We're going to be unboxing this because the Ravenclaw in the house is super exciting. So (laughs) aside from all the gloriousness that is like she is the first Ravenclaw character that gives us like depth and development. I mean, I know that we have Flitwick, who's, like, obviously in the book since the beginning, but he's kind of like a professor, and we don't really get any other information other than, like, what's happening inside of his classroom. Everything that we do know about Flitwick that we've discussed on this podcast outside of the classroom has come from after the books were published. Yes. So we don't really get any of that content like we get with Luna. Uh-huh. And then we have Lockhart, who is with us a for joke. a whole book, and he is, excuse my language, be mad at me, but he's a whole-ass joke. And it just was not fair to the Ravenclaw name. It's kind of like an insult to me. And then we have Cho Chang, who, let's face it, is not well-liked by the majority of this fandom. But she's also involved in the story because of a romantic plot line, which is all well and good. But that kind of, like, ruins it. Like, she not ruins it, but she offers us very little else outside of the romantic plot line. Like, we don't really get any other background story. We just know that this is the girl that Harry has a crush on. So, kind of everybody else is, like, these irrelevant side characters. Not that Flitwick is irrelevant. But, like, Luna just really gives us the depth and the character development that you want to see. And she's involved with Harry on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so like I said, Luna's there with us from books five through seven. And she offers us a lot of growth, which is important for Harry in the books. But the perfect example for me is, honestly, when they're talking about the Thestrals. Because that is their common bond, why they can see the Thestrals. So Thestrals cannot be seen by someone who has not witnessed and totally processed or understood a death. 
So for Luna, like we stated earlier, it's her mom. And for Harry, it's Cedric Diggory. So this is important to me for two reasons. The first is that Luna can obviously relate to Harry on the death of their mothers, which only she knows the tragedy of like growing up without a parent, unlike, you know, the majority of his group. And two, it kind of gives Harry a chance to speak about what happened with Cedric to have this outlet when dealing with his emotions that are brought on by Cedric's death. And we all know that Cedric's death kind of weighed heavily on him, and he carried a lot of guilt with him, even into the cursed child. So Mm -hmm. having someone to talk to, even if it wasn't directly about that specific situation, it was probably really helpful to be like, wow, like this person has gone through something similar to what I have gone through. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that's actually good for Harry. And that's why I think Luna became such a profound person in his life mm-hmm. that he actually named his daughter after her mm-hmm. is because, you know, if any of you who are listening or any of you have like experienced grief or like the death of a loved one, like it, I mean, we all have experienced death of a loved one here in the broom chicks. It's a, it's a profound, like, thing to go through. Like, you know, these people mean so much to you. And unfortunately for Harry, like, at that moment, no yep. one understood mm-hmm. what that grief meant. Harry was always the outsider. No one openly, besides Neville, and this is why the Silver mm-hmm. Trio is so important, besides Neville and Luna, no one had experienced the loss of a family member, the loss of a parent, you know, and I think like Marianne could speak to it more because, you know, she lost her father. Mm-hmm. But that's that's something that changes you. Like you are not like the same person knowing that, you know, your parent is not around in that way. Mm-hmm. And having that and Luna, even though she was like that quirky character, I feel like it definitely drew Harry to her. And then like the light of the person that Luna is just created more light in Harry and I think we're gonna that's another pin that we're gonna get into is that Luna's Harry's light and that is gonna be my pin for mm-hmm. later pin in it the silver trio is just so important because each of them brings something else to the table when it comes to Harry being able to relate to something in his life but in the eyes of somebody else so obviously we've got Neville who lost his parents or at least in a way lost his parents uh, we have Luna, who also lost a mom, but in a, in a she experienced death in front of her and has to suffer grief and everything like that. Which, even if you've lost parents, just death in general, having to experience and process that is different for everyone. And then we've got Ginny, who might not necessarily have dealt with death, but she's dealt with Voldemort being in her brain. Like these are three huge traits of harry's life really really big things that go into his character and his personality Mm -hmm. that his best friends cannot like give him and relate to him in that sense so it's so insane that these people that aren't you know his best friends in his life can still give him so much yeah um silver trio is just so important um i just love it i really love it a lot yeah almost almost just as important as a golden trio i'm gonna say it there i've said it i agree with you i think i think it's true i mean could you imagine the um battle of the department of mysteries going any other way without Ginny neville or uh luna <laughs> i wish that you guys could see marianne right now because the looks that she is serving us are freaking fantastic 
I'm just like whipping my head back and forth. I'm like, hello? <laughs> like, crazy eyes. I'm like, huh? Let's be real here. What are the facts? What are the facts? Hashtag, Hashtag facts. facts. We haven't facts. used that in a while. I know. We haven't. That was nice. Anyways. So I want to read something from Wizarding World in relation to kind of a member of the Golden Trio. Well, a member of the Golden Trio and Luna. So the Wizarding World says she's the anti-Hermione. While this does sound a bit sinister at first, surely the polar opposite of Hermione is somebody like Bellatrix. It was something said by J.K. Rowling that makes total sense. She said that Luna was the anti-Hermione. Hermione's so logical and inflexible in so many ways, and Luna is likely to believe ten impossible things before breakfast. It's true. Yeah. I do It's true in countless ways. Luna was just such a free spirit in a way that Hermione wasn't. That's not to say Hermione wasn't capable of a little fun, but she depended on common sense and reason, whereas Luna was, let's say, a little more airy-fairy. Luna was a girl who believed in the blibbering humdinger mm-hmm. and crumplehorn snorkack, while Hermione was someone who disliked wooly subjects like divination. Both were wonderful in their own ways, but they walked different yet totally brilliant paths in life. So I thought that was super cool because mm-hmm. it's nice to have a variety of characters where not everybody kind of operates in the same way and they present different ideas, but not everyone thinks the same. So it's nice to have yeah. the anti-Hermione mm-hmm. around because I am definitely kind of like a mix of both, I guess. So it's nice to have representation on both sides. Yeah. I mean, that goes back to my note from earlier that, you know, people, certain people, like different types of people can have the same similar traits, but they can come across a little bit differently. So they're both ner- like Hermione and Luna are both nerdy in some sense because they both enjoy knowledge and um, value academics and everything like that and books, whatever the case may be, but they, that doesn't group them into the same kind of person. Um, and oh. it just goes to show you that characters just like people can be as complex yeah um i think it's also really nice that um harry and company like finally branched out and befriended someone in another house like it took them five years to realize hey there's other houses (laughs) that we can be friends with yeah Um, for sure because like really like characters that belong in the other houses were really like side characters they were Mm -hmm. just like these token characters like Ernie Mac and mm-hmm. you know um I can't even remember the other ones like they're so Hannah brief Abbott. Ha- Hannah Abbott uh I can't even remember because like they were they're so brief they're just pansy, savage. pansy. like again like who it sounds sad but to say like who cares <laughs> just these other kids but like think but like, Someone out there maybe does care and you know what all to you man all to you But basically, like, these are, when you think about it and, like, the reality of their situation, these are all kids that they are growing up with. Like, Hogwarts is not a huge school. Mm -hmm. So everyone knows everyone. And you are growing up with them anywhere from six to seven years. I say six to seven because, you know, the Golden Trio, like, peaced out after Mm -hmm. year six. Um, (laughs) So the fact that, like, now we have Luna, who's a part of, this friendship group who gives us like that other side of everything in a positive light. Mm -hmm. Cause up until this point, every other house was portrayed as less than in comparison to Gryffindor. Yeah. Whoa. Let's not be dramatic. But but I mean, like I don't blame Jenny for that. (laughs) 
Because it's true. Like, I mean, it's super annoying, you guys. It's really annoying. And I feel bad for everyone who isn't in Gryffindor because reading the books, that is probably when you felt like, oh, like, you know, I know I'm not in Gryffindor. And like, it it makes you feel bad about yourself. But then you get this wonderful character like Luna. And you're like, wow, you know, I think it's pretty awesome to be in Ravenclaw. And so Ravenclaw finally had like their moment. And, you know, Hufflepuff and Slytherin are still struggling, but we're here for you, Hufflepuff and Slytherin, always. As a Ravenclaw <laughs> rising, I can definitely appreciate, but there's a huge Gryffindor part of me that's still bitter about the one paragraph that I got at Beta Pottermore when I got sorted into Gryffindor House. Really? Got really? You're really mad about it? You're really I'm super sorry. mad about it? Like, do you yes. really want to have this conversation? I, I'm sorry. I just had to say my piece. Just sit down and enjoy your privilege over there while I talk about how hard it is to be a Ravenclaw. Every time I open a Christmas gift, I mean, I love the people that are getting me these gifts. Everything is Gryffindor. I have a Gryffindor set of pajamas. I have a Seriously? Gryffindor bookmark. It's like they have no idea. Your family just thinks, oh, look, she likes Harry Potter. Like, this is a Harry Potter thing. So I have so many Gryffindor things. I am not a Gryffindor. You get past it. You could pass it along to me. No, I keep them all because they're gifts from very special people. Like, I wear the pajamas. But whatever. The point (laughs) is, is that it's hard because it's like, we've got, like, every time I go somewhere, even, like, Slytherin, I know that they kind of get, like, a bunch of crap. But they still have so much merch. So, when I walk into places, there'll be, like, Gryffindor merch. And then there'll be Slytherin stuff. And then there's, like, nothing for Ravenclaw or Hufflepuff. It's literally the saddest. But... It's, it's just sad, whatever, you know. but it was just nice, like reading the books and being like, "This is literally the only non-Gryffindor who participated in like big events." But yeah, for Luna. yeah, and you know, like you can see, like people definitely have like a huge attachment yeah. to her. You know, mm-hmm. she's it's Christie's time spirit animal. She's Jojo Bean. Jojo Bean says like she is the newt of Ravenclaw, which like literally like blew my mind because. <laughs> I she mean, is. She is technically a new, like married into the Scamander family. <laughs> she is a Scamander. Scamander. Like, what? Yeah, look at that. Look at them. I do you think that one day, like, I'm gonna start talking with an accent? Yes, yeah, you are. I think you are. We're gonna rub off on you because it's gonna. It's like I it's coming for me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's just taking a little longer because now you're in Texas. I guess. But don't worry. When I come visit you Memorial Day weekend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It'll happen. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, I love Texas. It's just my favorite place to be. <laughs> it's going to spread faster than coronavirus. Okay. I actually couldn't even tell that that was an accent. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. Anyways, I'm not good at that. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm only good at certain ones. Like, I'm really good at, like, a Michigan accent. Uh, Michigan. Yeah. Oh my god. I my favorite time you ever had an accent. I'm sorry. This is a tangent, but it's a very important tangent. Oh my god. Jenny had this really important line in uh. musical thoroughly modern Millie, and I will always remember this line and how she said it. All those in favor, go back to hotel. Listen, we were southern. Her I had a bad accent. southern accent, and that was the line. Leave me alone. Her, I would also like to correct myself. Was the best. I don't do a good Michigan accent. I'm dumb. I do a good Minnesota accent. But anyway, oh, the point you is- know, we just got like a bunch of listeners from Minnesota. Shout Stop, out! I know you Minnesota. did not. Hey, we did. Yes. I haven't checked the stats in a little bit. 
Yeah, wow. as of right now, we had like 40-something people in Minnesota start listening to us. So I need you to, know what? And look at me Hello, go. Minnesota. Anyone from Duluth? Shout out, Duluth. I am really sorry for everyone who's in the cold. Yes. Yeah. We're Please come down to Florida and warm your toes. Enjoy okay. Though I do know I follow someone in Minnesota, and it was 53 degrees today, so you weren't That's too bad. Nice. Okay, so we're <laughs> moving on into Dumbledore's Army. Um, I don't think it's, it's not going to be as long as Neville's portion in the last episode because there's just a little bit less to comment on. But nonetheless, we shall move forward. Um, it's important to note, like we did in the last episode, that she is part of what I'm calling the rebellion. And she leads kind of Dumbledore's army after Harry and co are gone uh, with Neville and Ginny. Uh, but then she's kind of kidnapped. So she's got to put that on hold. But um a quote from her is, I enjoyed the meetings, too, said Luna serenely. It was like having friends. And I literally just cry. I'm like, no, but you do have friends. You do. It's literally the saddest. Um, But, you know, like, again, her helping out with leading, like, actually being some sort of important figure for everybody else while Harry is gone is super cool because she's not a Gryffindor and she's leading them. And it's just so exciting, especially for people who are as prideful as Gryffindors. Um. (laughs) <laughs> wow i'm just saying okay. you really are it's i mean not it, like you can deny it it's, she's got a tough break like she was the one ravenclaw amongst mostly gryffindors like she and she, she did she did she, she slayed it. but you know i think her involvement in the da also kind of helps outline the importance of unity especially during times of trouble like this was a group of kids who were coming together like ravenclaw gryffindor hufflepuff not slytherin but they were all kind of like coming together and <laughs> saying like you can't mess with us and you can't do these things and i think it just sends like a really important message that all sorts of people can come together and work together in times of need especially because not only was she different because of her house but she was just different altogether like she was an oddball and she was still kind of part of yeah. that group mm-hmm. um and not that it has a lot yeah. to do snaps yeah snap, to snap, snap, snap. again um but not that it has a lot to do with the da but luna and neville almost became a couple according to jk rowling but she kept them apart because everything would have felt too neat so my question is do you ship them so um i have <sighs> to say yes and no yes that's like, where I'm I, at. Uh, I do agree with Joe. Like, I feel if Luna and Neville were together, I feel like a li- it's a little too neat. Like, everyone's so perfectly, like, paired off within their own friend group. And that's just, like, yeah. not natural. Yeah. But then the inner cliche romantic in me is like, yes, Neville and Luna, they were there for each other. And now they're there for each other always. So, you know, <sighs> that's where I stand. <laughs> I love Luna Neville, especially after the movies. The movies really yes. do an amazing job at wanting you to ship them even harder. Um, <laughs> I would appreciate it at least if they – what would have been nice, like a kind of medium, um, if maybe they could have dated, but they just didn't end up together. Like yeah. why can't yeah. that just be a thing? Like. Does everybody in the wizarding world, like, the first person they date, they just marry them off immediately? Like, I mean, I maybe. I mean, Harry But I guess, I mean, we should kind of be glad that it's not like that. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, my God. What would our lives be? Oh, I can't man. even go on that tangent right now. Let's oh, move no, on. No, let's just not go there. Just move on. <laughs> like, <laughs> from that. Okay. Well, I guess, I don't know. I mean, 
I get where you guys are coming from with the Neville thing, but then, like, Newt Scamander, like, the ultimate Magi zoologist, and his grandson, the Magi zoologist, who then Rolf marries... Scamander. Who then... Rolf Scamander, yes. Who then marries Luna, who also becomes a Magi zoologist, and they both travel the world together discovering new species of magical animals. Okay, hold yes. on. Wait, I didn't know Luna became a Magi zoologist. I didn't know either yeah. until today, and I was going through Wizarding World, and her and her husband yes. are both Magi zoologists together. What? And they literally yes. travel the world, and she is credited with discovering multiple magical creatures. Okay? Yeah. Oh my god, please tell me that she discovered that Nargles are actually a thing. Uh, it doesn't say anything about Nargles, but Crumplehorn <laughs> oh Snorkaks are not real. Just so you know. And she oh, gave up on the dream, which I, I totally love it. Love the storyline. Love that they don't exist. But yeah. So in my <laughs> eyes, like, the Magi zoologist wins because literally it's like, I'm a Ravenclaw. She's a Ravenclaw. I'm a zoologist. He's a Magi zoologist. Like, maybe my Rolf awaits me. Oh, Jenny. He's out there. Yeah. Whatever. I don't care. That's disgusting. <laughs> So we're also going to talk about the battle at Hogwarts. <laughs> so really, uh, during the battle, she did two very important things. I mean, she did a lot of important things, but we're going to cover two of the very important ones. So the first one being that as soon as Harry was like, yo, we like need a thing from Ravenclaw. She was like, dude, the lost diadem, which that whole scene like in the movie makes me upset because they're like luna it's called the lost diadem for a reason because everyone is so closed off but thank god that she's like quirky and crazy and weird or whatever because if not we would have never found it but whatever yeah Woo. so justice for luna justice for luna so from the wizarding world um i guess i guess this is a quote but i didn't like actually put quotes around it my bad so it says, this one may seem like a given, but because of her odd disposition, Luna was often assumed to be not especially bright. She would totally be willing to believe 10 impossible things before breakfast, but when she picked things up easily, like when she helped Harry, oh, but she picked up things easily, like when she helped Harry get into the Ravenclaw common room when it was most important. Yes. And then they give you like a tidbit of the book and it says, yeah, trouble is we can't really afford to wait for anyone else, Luna. And then she says, no, I see what you mean, said Luna seriously. Well, then, I think the answer is that a circle has no beginning. And this is when they're talking to the door to get into the common room. And the door yes, is like, well, reason, said the voice, and the door swung open. And honestly, yes. that scene gives me life because I'm like, this is such an amazing way for a human being to think. But also, it made me very sad because I would have been the Ravenclaw, like, stuck outside the door, not getting in. Because that is <laughs> not where my mind would have gone. <laughs> Let me say, I think that's the, one of the coolest attributes about Ravenclaw yes. is that their common room, that's the password. Yes. Like, you have to figure out the red It literally, I live that. for it. And then you can make friends when you're all stuck outside together. It's just so nice. <laughs> and it sounds like, according to, like, the door, that, like, she didn't give, like, the direct answer. The door said, well, reasoned. Yeah. Yes. So she gave, like, a good reasoning. So I feel like, oh, my God, I feel like lawyers all belong in Ravenclaw. They just reason their way yes. in there, man. I see it for sure. Oh my god. I wanted to be a lawyer for a really long time. I actually. 100% see it and believe it. I Thank you. It. I, I actually it. wanted to be a lawyer for years after actually I watched the movie Legally Blonde. <laughs> Legally Blonde! <laughs> oh so, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Okay. 
I want to say this uh, second uh, fact about Luna at the Battle of Hogwarts because it's kind of like my pen. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, at the Battle of Hogwarts, she came to Harry's aid again. And this is the one that like kills me softly is at the time when we would probably say he needed it the most is when she gave him the support to cast his Patronus Ross. when he was like done. So the quote in the book says, that's right, said Luna encouragingly, as if they were back in the room of requirement and this was simply a spell practice for the DA. That's right, Harry. Come on. Think of something happy. Something happy, he said, his voice cracked. We're all still here, she whispered. We're still fighting. Come on now. There was a silver spark, then a wavering light, and then, with the greatest effort it had ever cost him, the stag burst from the end of Harry's wand. Beautiful. What? Look at, like an icon. I think honestly, like this was probably the mem- the memory that Harry looks back upon, and he's like, "This is why, like, I wanted to name a child after yeah. you because, like, you were literally the reason I found the light in the darkness." Like, we know reading the books how hard it is to cast a Patronus, and in that moment, like Harry had nothing left. Like, he literally had nothing left, and it took only Luna talking to him for him to finally be able to do it. Like. How astounding is that and how bright and how amazing her light is, you know, and she really she she lives up to her name like Luna, the moon, the light in the darkness like that is what she is. And oh, this is what it's like to have friends. I can't. I love her. I'm getting emotional about her. She is my light. I love her. And I'm going to go like hug my dog because I'm getting emotional. Light and darkness, <laughs> yada, yada, yada. The girl's Whatever. a cool chick. Stop having feelings. 2020. I'm... Uh, <laughs> That's my campaign. That is, not a, that is not a hashtag. That's my campaign. We're stop having feelings. Hashtag 2020. It's all good. You're <laughs> asking me to, like, not be a person. Yeah. That's and not- that's not what Luna would have wanted. Luna wants you to feel everything. She wants you to face your feels. No, she doesn't. She wants me to be me, unapologetically myself. And this is it. Get ready. Okay, and I'm unapologetically the Stop most it. emotional person. Stop it. You are so emotional. You're so emotional. Your it feel. makes me uncomfortable. Face your feels. Face your, oh, my God. Hashtag face your feels. I kind of love it. I think that's going to be the new one. <laughs> I really haven't found, like, a comfortable season two hashtag. It's making me sad. Yeah, that's true. It's because they have to come naturally they to They do, us. but I hashtag face your feels is, like, kind of iconic. Face your feels. Face your feels. That's the... That's what Luna would have wanted. What would Luna do? What would Luna do? So I think as like a good wrap up for today, I wanted to get all of your like final thoughts on Luna and her amazingness. Should I start that? I guess I'll start. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) We're just being so polite. Uh, You actually, Jenny, you should go last because you're the Ravenclaw. Mm. So I'll go first. Ooh, go, Marianne. Uh, I would just like to say thank you so much, Luna, because um, I so vividly remember, like, I did, like, a Harry Potter, like, Instagram challenge back when they were, like, a thing. And one of the questions, like, the challenge of the days was, like, what character do you relate the most with? Obviously, this is at a time before Fantastic Beasts came out when I, like, found my Tina Goldstein 
Um, so the only character I could really like closely relate to was Luna. And I think uh, the reason why Luna is so beloved, besides the fact, like my favorite thing about her is her empathy and the fact that she can connect with people in ways that other people cannot. And she can hone in and focus on like certain aspects about yourself that you couldn't even notice um, on top of being like such a quirky person and, you know, being friendly to all doesn't matter how she's treated. I think everyone can find a reason to relate to Luna, um, even in their like Everybody has their lonely moments and anybody can kind of find that in Luna, but still have the hope um, that they can be themselves and kind of push through that loneliness and connect to other people and find the good in other people. And I think Luna is a good example of that. It's beautiful. And that is my Luna thoughts. Thank you. All right. I love Luna. (laughs) Um, For me, like, honestly, like I – Luna is just magical and she's magical. I think mainly because she reminds me of the innocence that children have before they become truly aware of like social norms and like, you know, social pressure. She has that innocence of a child and where, you know, anything is possible. The world is full of so many possibilities. You can believe in nargles and crumpled horn whatever's i can't say that name <laughs> Cumbletorn snorkack okay that <laughs> thank you you know you can believe in those things and you know most children have these crazy and beautiful imaginations and unfortunately it's like the when the world comes and like slaps them across the face is when they lose that beautiful like innocence of youth and luna embodies like you can still have that innocence of youth and still have that magical quality to you you don't have to lose it just because you grew up you know it's kind of like that peter pan-esque you know you don't have to grow up but i feel like luna's a more realistic peter pan in which she grew up and like she was very aware and understanding of like you know the darkness in the world but she decided to push through and show the light hey your guys's answers are so good don't get mad at me, Elizabeth, but I'm going to say a curse word. Okay. Just one. Okay. I might have to bleep it. I think that's okay. I don't I don't think so. But I think that Luna is like one of the most badass characters in this okay, whole book. we're good. <laughs> <laughs> the because she is so many things that I admire, like qualities that I look for in people. She's a loyal friend and she is kind hearted. She is a good person. And I feel like that was so refreshing to read. And there was like nothing that I that Luna did that I didn't like. But time mm. and time again, I will say it just because people are weird or because they're different or whatever, or because we're funny doesn't mean that we don't have serious moments or that we can't mm. come to and help in a serious time. Like we're not always being funny. We're not always being quirky or whatever. And mm. that's kind of like what Luna shows us. She's this really quirky person. She's really kind of really? out there, but Complex. you know, she was fighting at the battle of the departments of mysteries or whatever. And she's mm-hmm. fighting at the battle of Hogwarts and She's fighting at the battle at the tower. Like, she is there in those important moments when it counts. And for me, that's what I like the most about her. Mm-hmm. It's yes. It's beautiful. Oh, man. Such a-, a beautiful episode. I'm filled with all I the know. feels. We're oh. hashtag facing the feels. We're facing the feels head on. I love facing. it. That so should I be guess- Jenny's 2020 hashtag. Face yeah. the feels. Face the feels. I mean, I do have feelings. 
I know, but See, like, I want you to inside of my sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's it for today, folks. <laughs> Remember to follow us on Instagram at the Three Broom Chicks. You can also follow us on Twitter at the number three broom chicks. And go like our Facebook page, the three broom chicks. And make sure to catch us next time. We we today, everyone. Where we will be finishing up the silver trio yes. with none other than Jenny Weasley. Jenny Weasley. Jenny Weasley. You might remember we kind of covered her when we talked about the Weasley family, but we cannot cover Harry's love of his life in that brief way. So we are going in back to diving in and diving in to Jenny. Yes. Yeah. And as always, we are the three broom chicks. And you're just as sane as I am. <laughs>